Hey, hey, this is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. We're back after a, a couple of months, I think. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> with a new episode of Idle Inspiration. That's okay. We've been we've all been busy people doing 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 yeah. lots of things. Um, I've been frantically trying to finish Chromequisitors. Uh, that's the main thing I've been doing that's been taking yeah. up all my free time. Um, but I thought, you know what? Let's 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 get let's get back to Idle Inspiration. Let's talk about some role-playing games because <laughs> feels like pretty much every day I have something that I want to send to David about some role-playing game and and talk about maybe <laughs> Star Wars Bernie Wheel, for example. Yeah. Or what we're gonna be talking about today, which is obviously David's uh David's um I'm trying to think of the right way to like his yeah. game, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but I was trying to think of another way to say that. But you, you, yeah. you just talk about bonds. What's what is bonds, right. David? Uh, so yeah, bonds is oh, one second. Sorry, sorry, my throat. The bonds is a project I started working on because we were, I think we were playing Fate, and I was like, Fate Accelerated is good, but there's just not not a lot of staying power here and fate core has staying power but it, it's not really i'm not really a huge fan of the staying power like the way that it does it the progression and things like that and so it's like i kind of just want to make i want to take fate accelerated and remake it into fate core but the, the way i want to do it yeah. uh and then down the road i ended up being like you know what are what are my you know if i take my top favorite games and my top favorite things about those games what are they and so then I incorporated some of those elements and tried to build them into a cohesive thing where I wanted characters and their like plot growth and their you know growth as people and so like that to be and and uh, the growth of their relationship and stuff to be something that was important and that was you know noticeable uh, just as much as I now do more damage or whatever. Um, and that was the ultimate, like, uh, sort of, you know, motivation, pro generation. I don't know. That was the the <laughs> the origin of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'm trying. I was trying to think of like w when that might have been, and I imagine it was probably around when we were doing the Four Horsemen. Probably that was my thought too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember it was it was after or we were playing Fate Accelerated when I started working on it. I think. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. sounds right. Yeah, because that we we did Chromequisitors season two, and then we took a break that summer to do the, the Mistborn game. Um, right. And you yeah, weren't yeah, part yeah. of that, but then we came back with a brief thing before we jumped into season three of Chromequisitors and did Four Horsemen. We also did, I think, right. Ping Pong High School around that time too. Um, yeah, and those are all which is also accelerated. Fate right? accelerated. Yeah. So I think you were yeah. you were thinking about that, and you were probably thinking about Burning Wheel too, right? Because we were in the yep. middle of that whole campaign. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and what it's been like three years since then. It's been a long time, yeah. And yeah. the games uh, had a lot of different iterations, <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, do so, you remember? I'm trying to remember what like the first iteration of it looked like. Um, uh, so yeah, the very first one, and I, I only vaguely remember because they've all been similar enough mm -hmm. that basically the first iteration was I took Fate Accelerated, attacked on some stuff from Burning Wheel, like and, goals and um, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then. With the intention to tack on some like GM stuff from Apocalypse, Apocalypse World, World games, yeah. which is my favorite part there. Basically, I was like, my favorite part about Fate 
is the aspects and how like yeah. you can really make anything you want. My favorite part about Burning Wheel is that you see character growth. It's like a you know tangible thing. It's really cool. Yeah. And my favorite thing about Burning, uh, sorry, Apocalypse World is the GM layer. And so I was like, I'm just going to smash those together. And I did. And it felt a little smashed together. <laughs> um, and just through brute force of constantly looking at it and changing things over and over again, I uh, began to make it feel a little more homogenized. Um, but yeah, that it, was it definitely feels like a, yeah. a, a much more welded together thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, it's changed a lot too, since the last time you've gotten to take a look at it. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, it just because, well, and, and that's actually something I talk about too, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to that yeah. chronologically, I suppose. Um, because yeah, one of the main things I did was, again, I wanted the game to have more staying power and I wanted more say over like, so I didn't want to use skills because, um, I wanted it to be system agnostic. And so oftentimes skills are either so generic that they're not interesting yeah. in, in, in that, you know, pursuit or they, uh, the strength of that number. <laughs> yeah. The, or the they're iteration. Too, yeah, yeah. Or they're too specific and then they're not system agnostic. And so what I did was I didn't, just didn't have skills at all. And which is one of my favorite things about approaches. And then, and I wanted to have a lot of the progress in your character be instead like, the cool stuff that they can do. And so I, I took the extras and stunts and all that kind of stuff and sort of made my own mechanical function called uh, at the time it was called, uh, it's called, called them extras. Now I call them assets because it fits a little better. Um, and that was probably the, the biggest mechanical change at the time. Um, and it's still that way, although they look uh, significantly different now than they used to. Um, you know, what? I think I take my start of that number comment back. I don't, I, I think, I think it's probably okay. I'm trying to think of like what I'm actually thinking about in terms of like uh, uh like what you just said there were something so too broad with skills. I, mean, I know that you did have a complaint about some of the skills being too broad in And I think that, that number, the main but... reason for that is because the original version of Stars of Number Stars of Number had a specific. Yeah. Well, more granular to the point of being very similar to like burning wheel forks and and like right. that sort of yeah. thing and I I just tend to prefer that sort of thing myself. Um, right. though now that I'm listening back through Leagues in Road, it's, it's a lot of fun, the stuff we've been able to do yeah. with, with those. Yeah. Systems. The, I think the difference between like, so if I'm imagining, you know, having like a, a, a riding skill and that riding skill also includes being able to drive cars or fly planes because it's a system agnostic system. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I think in, um, Elysian Road, it was like, um, shoot covers thrown weapons. And you're like, why? <laughs> why is, why, why is Ode the best baseball player ever? Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, and so there's things like that where I think yeah. they, it was not the case in the older version. Yeah. Um, the older version had the opposite problem where you're like, so you're telling me that I'm a god with a rifle, but I literally can't hit the broadside of a planet with a handgun. Like, I get that they're different, but they do not share some similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. It, I think there may have been a slight overcorrection there. Yeah. Um, the the one thing I think starts a number cur- as current has going for it is that you're you're constantly changing what stat you're using to roll with. Um, yeah. And so it all it often it will feel a lot different where you're like I'm making a talk roll with strength this time because I'm intimidating someone with my big uh-huh. muscles and that's yep. fun. Uh, though I guess honestly, sometimes the attributes in starts that number don't give enough modifiers one way or the other for that to be super like relevant, relevant. Yeah. but I guess the numbers themselves don't actually change a whole lot. Like the modifiers are usually small. Yeah. 
Right. Anyway, I'm just thinking about Stars Without Number a lot because I've been listening <laughs> yeah, to no it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, I, I was also just thinking if we were really smart about this and if we had, I guess, if we had actually like been releasing these every other week or whatever, uh, what we right. probably should have done is like talked about Burning Wheel and then talked about like Apocalypse World and then talked about Bonds because we talked about Fate yeah. already and we we could have like right. covered all of them and then gone into Bonds. Although, but, eh, oh, well, I feel like we've you just have to listen to our videos to, for us to have covered Burning Wheel. Um, yes. mm-hmm. And I know so, we talked yeah, about that, Apocalypse that, World, too, so. Yeah, that, that just kind of leads to Apocalypse World. And honestly, that's the part I've fleshed out the least because I'm just trying to figure figure out like the, the GM layer stuff is not really like it can be tied into the mechanics and should be. But mm-hmm. the vast majority of it is like this is how you run a game and I can write that stuff after I'm done. I have to write the game first anyways before I can write that stuff. Yeah. So I haven't worked with it too much. I just know what I want to draw from from Burning Wheel games, yeah. um, which is basically just. I really like the way they do fronts and how they introduce things as they matter and all that kind of stuff. Um, you, mean, you mean apocalypse world? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know why I get this mixed up. Um, They're very different. <laughs> like, yeah, almost I think it's because the, spectrum. <laughs> the acronym is AW and BW. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Which my brain is not a fan of apocalypse um, wheel burning yeah. world <laughs> oh boy yeah no that's not helping um <laughs> uh but yeah apocalypse I, I, wheel sounds i know i was gonna say like uh, <laughs> honestly that sounds like a great novel title yeah yeah the it's apocalypse got some wheel. mad max vibes you know yeah. um yeah. and maybe don't go with that because that's the obvious answer but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um at any rate uh yeah that was sort of the original version and then from there it was mostly just about trying to homogenize those concepts make them yeah. work together um, the base mechanic changed a few times. Like it used to be like Fate Accelerated where you were adding just base modifiers. but And you're rolling 44 Fate dice? Plus, uh, yeah, so minus. I changed it to 2d6 okay. right off the bat. Got it. And then it, so it was only positive numbers instead of because uh, the gambler's dice, you can get negatives. Yeah. Um, but ultimately the range of results was similar. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you'd rolled... A, like two ones it was kind of like getting a minus four or whatever you know yeah. not really that is obviously not exactly the same but basically the floor and ceiling were similar yeah um but then i i th- had issues with our current game with modifiers where uh so we're obviously playing fake core in orphans but oh yeah um modifiers it, it tend to just they, they lock options out in my opinion when because they are guaranteed and they're extreme when you yep. can make them that way. And so, you know, if I were to shoot at somebody with a poor modifier in orphans, they would never have a sliver of a chance. Yeah. And if I do anything else, I don't have a sliver of a chance. And so I was like, I kind of want to stray away from this. And yep. the structure of the game already helped me with that. But I, I eventually tried to decide between my three favorite base dice mechanics, which were, or the ones that basically from the games I like, which is, Dice pool D sixes, yeah. Uh, a two D six, which is what Burning Wheel uses, or you you know, mean I'm sorry, Pockets World uses. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Burning Wheel does use it if you have two skill. Yeah, uh, it's true. And um, and the the in my case, two D six with modifiers um, mm. instead of the you know j- just two D six or, or um. Actually, yeah. I don't remember through one. Anyways, uh, I, I ended up landing on the dice pool mechanic because one, it allows you to add a lot more things without without a guarantee possi- yeah mm-hmm. exactly um 
And I wanted that because I was yep. running into a thing where I had all these tags on your, on your assets, which I'll get to later. And um, if, if the, if they were just results like bonuses, uh, you know, modifiers, they, they were way too strong. You couldn't account for all of your things without just blowing some mm-hmm. out of the water. Um, and so I, with this, you could have a handful of things and still have some reasonable results on your, on your numbers. And um, also it's, uh, it just sort of allows for your, the different parts of your sheet to uh, contribute to your thing, which that was what it was. The other one was a Genesis style, like you have a D6 in this, you have a D8 in this or whatever. Um, and that ended up just being a little too clunky and having some similar problems mm-hmm. to uh, the, the result bonuses or the, <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling them the, the modifiers. modifiers. So I ultimately decided to go with the burning wheel thing. I also just like the way that feels. Yeah, it kept the too. damage numbers a little lower. Um, mm-hmm. I actually lowered the health from base fate by quite a lot to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot less health because uh, you take a lot less damage generally. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, you're getting like fours instead of, you know, eights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're doing a lot of work, you might get like a 16 in our game. <laughs> and so it's like, you, you know, um, which is, I don't, fate is not built to do that. Um, <laughs> no, really we, we, we broke the game very quickly. Very I, quickly. I, I deeply regret making my character. So like I've watched Connor Thank be you. like now, this... now, you know yeah. what? I appreciate that, David. I appreciate that. You finally admitted what? that that was a bad idea. Yeah. Well, so, okay. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I only feel bad because I've watched Connor be like, this is an easy thing. Do a four. And I'm like, four is like a great or like, like an elite result. And I'm supposed to get a four just because I can get a 12 somewhere else. Uh Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I can't do that. And so I, because I've seen that happen and I've seen Connor's mentality change. Oh, everything has to be a high number because otherwise it'll be way too easy. And I'm like, this is our fault for having... Mm-hmm. done that now if he had stayed with the basic difficulty challenge core like chart i wouldn't feel as bad but but also we would, would be no on everything and yeah. then i would have felt bad in a different way <laughs> and it wouldn't have been fun exactly. so um yeah. like it was really fun to build but yeah it was i think it was definitely a mistake to do that um yeah so but anyways yeah no so you're you're yeah. you're talking about um choosing a dice pool over modifier system that is i think for sure what i'm learning about yeah my preference as well for for games like that it's why i like burning wheel so much for that exact reason Mm -hmm. and i'm glad you really cued in on that because i don't think i really understood that that was what was happening until just now Mm -hmm. when you when you said that because yeah yeah, like when you have like a plus whatever you know plus 10 on something you are going to get at least a 10 result on this scale which for most games like fate like it automatically like you were a god already like it doesn't make any sense you you have an auto godlike result (laughs) yeah and and even um and even something like uh dungeons and dragons which has a much like more there's more chaos plateau happening on a d20 yeah it's still like if you have a plus 10 on something like you yes you can get a crit fail so there's that at least but like Like otherwise you have and, and like, you know, for example, with others, oh, a rogue ability where like you can't get a result of lower than 10 on on right. your skills because you're just that good. And yeah, eventually like it, trades or whatever. Yeah, it's I no, it's or, not that, but it's something no, else. That's um, something else. It's something right. similar. Yeah I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Right. And so f- for the latter part of uh, our three year long D&D campaign, uh, Seth Leha was playing a rogue that literally could not convince someone less than a 26 for the last half of that game. 
um, like for the persuasion check. And it just basically no. came to the point where, yeah, I did the exact same thing, right? Where like I had yeah. to make all the difficulties yeah, harder and then it ended up feeling weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? I, I I was remembering that ability differently, but I think you're right. I thought it was you couldn't get less than a 10 total, but that doesn't make sense because oftentimes yeah. the rogue, your bonus yeah, is more exactly, than 10. Yeah. So you can't roll yeah. less than a 10. Yeah, yeah. I realize that mm-hmm. that is probably what it is. Yeah, exactly. that's crazy. Um, but but yeah, yeah, right. So so that yeah, whole exactly. thing is like, and, and and it's funny because like, that's also, I think, why Seth Leha doesn't like Burning Wheel because, <laughs> he, he, because yeah. he likes that guarantee of like, yep. my character is supposed to be this amount of good. And yep. so why am I, there's always the chance with the burning wheel that you get zero successes like there's literally always a chance that happens (laughs) to be fair i hate that too but that's why i built it that way a lot of this game is actually an answer to myself um ironically (laughs) like the way that i built a pro uh sorry uh, um invocations you can't invoke more than one thing at a time because i knew that if i gave myself the option to stack invokes on aspects i would just write the same aspect four times yep. and that doesn't tell me anything cool about the character it only tells yep. me one thing and it's probably not even that interesting you know i can kill people great yeah okay well what else like yep. <laughs> um exactly. and so i i specifically made it one of the first things i did was like you can only do one of these now make sure you have four different ones so you're actually getting use out of these mm-hmm. um and I, I tried to do that wherever i could where i tried to make it suboptimal to stack too much in one direction because you don't get to learn anything cool about the character. Um, yep. And, you know, you can still focus, but it's like yeah. just more generally yeah. curved out thing because with, I knew I would do that. Yeah. Same thing with Burning Wheel, right? And and yep. so we're we're tonight actually at um, at 5 p.m. We're going to we're going to do season two of Death and Madness. We're starting that up. Nice. Um, so and and um, Maria, the Carly's old roommate that was part of that campaign is technically right. still part of it, but is basically her schedule is like just made it almost impossible for her, her oh, to be there yeah, almost at all and so we're yeah. going to make her character kind of in the background and i'm going to be talking to her regularly about what she's doing and ma- more okay, or less control cool. her and we add yeah. and Alyssa actually is going to be joining oh, um, nice. okay. from 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 uh Terra Invicta uh as the the kind of replacement cast member there and we yeah. we just made her character last week and nice. um she has a lot of really good fork options that tell her mm. tell us a bunch of interesting things about her character right and nice. and that's i yeah. think you know doing lavender shadows that that campaign where i introduced that cast to burning wheel for the first time and and seth leha came across the injury rules for the first time and then was basically just out the rest of the game just like i don't like this yeah, um, yeah. but that the you know it's a moment where like when you first start with burning wheel you don't understand how any of that works but mm-hmm. the great thing about burning wheel and one of the things that it tells you right up front is if you master this game one you will be you'll do better right you'll just mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a basically it's a game that rewards mastery over it the more yeah. you understand how it works and how to game the system yeah, that's better <laughs> yeah the better that both your experience will be of the game mm-hmm. and the better your character will actually do um right. and and that's something you just can't get right away as a burning yeah. wheel player and exactly. so you you have to play it more to to actually yep. get it- that mastery over it it yeah. took me a couple of seasons to realize i built delon really poorly because mm-hmm. and i think i've told you that before i built delon at the same amount of life paths that he started with and he's better in that version than the current version of delon who's been playing for two campaigns it, yeah. because i know the game now like i know yeah. wises you could just make up wises and they help mm-hmm. you a lot because they're just free forks and yeah. then you can make up uh or and then uh at the time i didn't understand half of the i didn't understand any really of what Kalons did. Yeah. And they're like one None of the of best us did. things. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, I, I just, 
I was like, oh, to build the most overpowered sword guy. And I didn't, not by long shot. And yeah, it's because the more you know the game, it makes a big difference. And he's not even, he's not even really worse at anything else because I also realized that I completely wasted all of my stat points making gray exactly. shaded yep. agility just to get gray shaded sword. But I could have just gray shaded uh, sword on its yep. own and yep. been the exact same, but had not terrible stats. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Which is why I'm always, every time we talk about Don, I'm like, God, I just want to play the new version. He's so much better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, hey, uh, let's yeah. be fair. The next time you play Dallin, uh, I you will get a like a year of practice or something like that. Practice, no, cycle I already, in. we already did. Did that, you already do that? Oh, okay, no. never mind. Never mind. Still, still not as good as someone I ever. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, um, yeah. But, so, uh, and, and the reason I bring yeah. that up, right, is because that's yeah, I think a, a good mechanic to to understand. That, yeah, like that's one of the reasons that fate. That's one of the ways that you can very easily break fate. Right. Uh, and so, if you're trying to make a game that is built on some of the bones of fate without its weaknesses, then that's, mm-hmm. I think a, that seems like a good direction to go in. Um, yeah. That's, that's eventually what I landed on. Uh, so I'm glad you agree with that. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I just, I like that. And it also, like I said, it allowed for more of that, um, you know, drawing on multiple things without it getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, in the current version of the rules and I haven't gotten to test this, so I might, I, it might immediately come out, but um, I have it where sixes explode automatically because I wanted there to be the ability for someone with a low pool to pass up somebody with a big pool, uh, to just, you know, increase the cast plateau a little bit. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I may just have it be where each, you know, they can all, they can all explode once mm-hmm. I mean, just depending on how it goes. But, you know, I, I wanted there to be that moment in a game where someone rolls a six and then they roll a six and then they roll a six and everyone's like, this is impossible. And they're losing uh-huh. the that's fun, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so assuming you're not the one being quadruple sixth anyways. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so right now that's the case uh, because that, that is one downside to Burning Wheel is um, if you have a small pool and they have a large pool, which is any game really, but it, it feels hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Arthur is for, to yes. be fair. So they do, and, they do adjust exactly. for that. Yep. Um, so it's, it's not so really a weakness I'm of curious, the game. But, does, does, yeah. this, does Bonds have any, I don't think it has any sort of Arthur-like mechanic, does it? Uh, it has a meta currency, but it's just, it's basically just fate points. So, yeah. You have, you have actual yeah. fate points. Yeah. So there's no, there's no Artha. The, all the stuff that generates you Artha in burning wheel generates you experience in my game. Got it. Um, instead, <clears throat> just because I didn't feel confident in uh, trying to build a non-experience based like progression system. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason it works for him is because his actual, or for Luke Crane's, you know, burning wheels, because the actual progression system is through use of skills. It's through the actual use of the skills. And yeah. the mm-hmm. reason you're rewarded, not with that, but with Artha is because Artha allows you to use your skills and not fail. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, that's, that's actually one yeah. of the brilliant things. I know we're talking about burning wheel a lot, but um, no, it's okay. Like this is, I think a great, it's just, it's why Burning Wheel is the best game, I think, is because, like, uh, Luke Crane understands that, and, and the other people obviously worked on the game. Um, right. There's, there's several of them. But, like, I understand that, um, one, it's really frustrating for role-playing game players when they use a skill a lot and don't just automatically get better at it. Like, that's yeah. just a, it feels so <laughs> organic and cool yeah. to or just you be like... Your- yeah. XP on something totally unrelated, and you're like, why did right. I get better at that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then also that... Um, that sort of the, the the Artha cycle is a brilliant 
just driving mechanic in the game that just pushes yeah. you forward constantly because you have mm-hmm. to, you know, complete your do beliefs and instincts and stuff to get yeah. Artha. And then you need to spend that Artha to be able to succeed on the roles that you know you're going to fail yeah. at because, but you need the certain test to advance yeah. that skill to make it better so that you can continue yeah. to succeed on your goals. It just all feeds in, it all feeds mm-hmm. into itself, right? Yeah, that's, um, that's basically the, the, the core result of burning wheels everything feeds into itself really well that's why they call it a wheel probably Hmm. and um yeah i i really like that um and i didn't feel confident or and i didn't have like sort of the mechanical pieces necessary to do something like that so i remember when i first saw that i i was like so i'm doing these objectives but instead of getting xp or improving i just get artha like why like you just get that for free in fate like that sucks (laughs) um but yeah as as i got to see how that worked and stuff it it's definitely a very elegant system. And I didn't, I didn't trust myself to build something as, as with so many moving parts as <laughs> effectively. Um, and so I ultimately just wanted it to be like, and, and you know, because a lot of the, sorry, okay. in the background there, a lot of the, a lot of the um, power of your character comes from your assets. And a lot of that stuff isn't, you know, like a magical weapon or something. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have a lot of room to, you're not building a skill there. So I, I knew I had to do it differently, but I liked that the fact that I, I wanted to reward you for the same things yeah. that burning wheel yep. rewarded you for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I ended up going the direction I did. But yeah, I I agree Daddy. that that Are you wash your hands. <laughs> You're all clean. Yeah. Good job. Give me a high five. Good job, Gwen. Good job. <laughs> Love you. How did you get down here? <laughs> she's been going up and down the stairs a lot by herself, which nice. is, I mean, funny. she's not supposed to be doing that, but. <laughs> Uh, but hey you know yeah she's doing a good job yep. i guess and to be fair she she just like sits down and scoops so it's not like mm-hmm. it's very dangerous mm-hmm. but still anyways um uh sorry i probably have to cut all that we, out uh, no it's fine we can always take cute kid tangents that's, that's fine <laughs> okay um, um what, one thing i was gonna ask you is yeah go ahead so if we're thinking about bonds as a game um yeah. and and you talked about burning wheel apocalypse world and fate being the main inspirations for it mm-hmm when you actually get down to the current iteration of the game and you look through all of the organic process you've gone through so far, what are the like, you know, three or four like pillars mechanically? Are they still those things from that you, you kind of like tried to take in from those games, but what would you say are like the main like distinctives of bonds and the way those mechanics so. work together? Yeah. So basically like. You have I aspects to, obviously still, right? Yeah. I wanted, so one of the other things I really liked about, apocalypse world i did it right that time um was that it focused a lot on relationships and stuff and um so i and it's called bonds for a reason i wanted to make relationships at least central enough that i could justify having it been a name in the thing you know it's different or whatever so i i actually have the same sort of so i guess I'll start with the burning wheel one sorry i should have started there because it builds into this so the, the core thing i took for burning wheel was you're rewarded for pursuing your character's goals so what i did was i took a the burning wheel belief and I split it into a drive and a goal because that's what burning wheel does anyways. I just, I just put names to it. <clears throat> and so you have basically a fa- statement of factor opinion and then something you're going to do about it. The next step in doing something about it. Right. And um, as you pursue those, you're rewarded with XP. Now, currently the way that relationships work is the same. <clears throat> you have a, a, a relationship with a person and you have a, you know, a goal like something you want to pursue with that person and it doesn't have to be romantic of course i'm sure that'll be an easy default but it doesn't it doesn't have to be and as you pursue that thing you get experience so you're directly re- uh, rewarded for 
involving your relationships. Mm. Now I, I'm going to have to work with that system to make sure you're not, you know, that, that has a natural flow to it and that it's not forced, um, which is going to be difficult, but I, you know, I want, I want to try and strike that balance. I don't want it to be like, you know, overnight someone's relationship evolves completely because it gives him more XP, you know? Um, <clears throat> so I will have to work with that to try and, and make it, uh, reasonable system so basically those experience rewards uh things are obviously one of the pillars the the reward structure <clears throat> and those are mainly burning wheel and then a little bit of apocalypse world uh, inspired um the other one is your assets like you know so just where you draw your your um it's where you have the most freedom and what your character can do um and uh that is mostly inspired from things basically from fate's uh, ideology, right? Because fate um, sort of does a similar thing by giving you stunts and all this other stuff. Um, but uh, you, the extras are largely overlooked in fate. Like for instance, we have equipment extras in, orphans and i don't know if anybody's used one once <laughs> like i've used they, them several times but that's oh main, that's true you have you have that, yeah. that's mainly because that i don't have the ridiculous skill uh <laughs> points that you guys throw right. them skill modifiers well, although now i know you've used them have you ever actually spent fate points on them no okay so that's what i mean because that's I actually their mechanical them. purpose yeah. yeah um and so like that's what i mean right so i wanted to try and make those things more useful um and then use them as a platform to allow you to have pretty much whatever your GM will let you have and your the rest of your table will let you yeah, have. That's true. I don't, we, those are supposed to just be aspects and we definitely they did are. not use them the, as aspects. The problem is they cost you fate points. And that's, right. that's one of my big gripes with fate. Generally, I never want to spend my fate points. And of course it's my fault. I don't have any, <laughs> but that's because I found that stunts are more useful. Than it's fate just points. more useful than fate points. Yep. It's, mm -hmm. They're the same bonus, but you always get them every time you're doing the thing that you do. And as long as yep. you do the thing that you do enough, it's way more worth it. Yeah. And uh, and actually, the only reason I ever kept the fate point at all was because I thought you could use one to not die. And then I found out that wasn't even in the rules. So now I literally have no reason to keep <laughs> one, except that I can't refuse compels if I don't have one. Yeah. But uh, so. Um, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I barely, I rarely refuse them anyways, unless I feel like they're not appropriate, which is the other thing. I, I, I want to try and find a way to make that exchange a little more organic because mm -hmm. it's very hard oftentimes for a, uh, you know, a GM to properly compel your character without going in a direction you weren't really thinking. And if you don't have a fate point, you end up just arguing about whether or not it's, even if you do, because you don't want to lose your fate point, you end up just arguing about whether or not it's actually what your character would do. I want to try and find a way around that while still having invoking your aspects be a thing. Cause that's, I think a very good, um, well, and actually, I guess that kind of segue is that kind of the other thing, right? Aspects, um, they play less of a role than they do in fate, uh, but they're still very important because they are your, they're a large part of your fictional positioning for your character and a large part of how we explore the past of your character. Um, and then I have, I have a thing called tags that is in a lot of places, which I think is something, I don't know if there were tags at all when you played last, they're kind of like mini aspects. They're, they're kind of like, what if you just had a boost stuck on something? Yeah. You know? I think I um, know you. Yeah. I think I'm familiar with that one. Yeah. And so they're kind of like mini aspects and they do a similar thing, but you don't spend points to invoke them. Um, and because uh, I really wanted to try and move away from the fate point economy being so ingrained into the thing. I wanted the fate point economy basically to be the thing that runs your compel, like your, your, your character thing. I, I never wanted someone to be afraid to accept or deny compel based on the points they had. 
And mm-hmm. so I, I made that the core function of what they do. They still affect roles, but that's, that's about it. Like you can still yeah. use them, but um, I didn't want other things to not be used because you were afraid of not having fate points when yeah. you need them. Um, and so that was a big change. So, sorry, I'm, I'm straying a little bit. So that's right. uh, yeah, I'd say the, the reward structure, of course, again, it is in any game. Um, the, the assets, the way that I've tried to build, basically the, the core mechanic of what your character can do and trying to make that as freeform as possible so you can really envision whatever character you want. Like I always say, like, you know, as long as everybody is Thor, it's okay if you play demigods, right? Um, if one person is Thor and one person is, you know, uh, like Black Widow in, in the way that it should play out, to be fair, I guess they do. The, yeah. They do Marvel fill the same treat space, these correctly, but, but yeah. Right. Um, is, or, you know, as long as your table's fine with you, you treating Black Widow as though she has superpowers for some reason <laughs> yeah. and whatever. But like, you know, as long as you're all in the same level where you're all justifying roles the same way, then you can pretty much do whatever you want. Any scale. Um, good luck finding, you know, your GM finding ways to challenge your omnipotent deity characters, I guess. But that's on him <laughs> for letting you do that. Um, so it's yeah. It, my idea was I wanted it to be where you could do. Which, which is probably the fourth one, honestly, is that freedom, which is why the assets are important because they give you a lot of that. I really wanted to make it so you could build whatever character you wanted as long as everyone was okay with it and yep. just building a similarly powerful character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, those are probably like the four things, uh, you know, character freedom, the being rewarded for watching your character grow and his relationships change. Um, and uh, um, uh, the other thing that I said, which is in my mind now, <laughs> but yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Or the, the aspects. Yeah. Just being yep. able to really like learn who a character is through the application of those things in mechanics. Right. Cause that's, yeah. that's one of the cool things about fate. Like you can say whatever you want about your character and it actually benefits you in the mechanics, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is great. So yeah, for sure. So that was a bit of a long winded answer. No, but... you're good. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, so um, where are you currently with the the game and like what what stuff are you still stress testing that you're not sure yeah. of yet? So the biggest thing I got as feedback from the, the whole lifespan of the game was yeah. basically that it took too much creative effort to create a character, right? Mm. There was just way too much that you could do and way too little guidance. <laughs> now, yeah. to be fair, it, part of it was that I didn't have any examples. <laughs> yeah. Pardon. I didn't have any examples. So uh, not only were you making something up in a very, very freeform creative way already, but I didn't have any uh, examples to help you figure out what that looked like. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't really want you to have to rely on examples. So that was sort of relevant. Um, even though, of course, there are a lot more examples now. And I was even at the time planning to write them. So I spent most of the iterations of the game, at least uh primarily or secondarily trying to address that and just make the game yeah. more approachable, make it so that people who don't come to the table with a fully formed character idea, like I usually do can still play the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of also help during the game with the understanding of what you're capable of, because uh, that was another thing I got was like, you know, you would make uh, an asset and basically as long as you could argue that the thing made sense, you could do it. And so that got to the point where, I had one play tester who was like, you know, I kind of like, I have so many options that I don't have options, right? Like, yeah. uh, can I do this thing? And, well, and the other problem was that 
I was requiring that a thing was justified in the narrative before you could do it. And so he's like, well, the problem here is that I, I haven't written down a thing to justify this, uh, but I want to be able to do it. And I haven't had a chance to make that justification. Right. So like, do, how do I know if this is fair? And if it is fair or if it is unfair, how, how could I have done something to have made it fair? And like, you know, yeah. spent some resource to make, you know? Yeah. Cause um, for example, like, um, a game yeah. like apocalypse world, um, it it has those moments for sure where, where like it's like it's all based on those sorts of moments where like okay based on what i know my character is like do i have the justification to make this action mm-hmm. and so on and so forth exactly. but but with apocalypse world it gives you very clear like this yeah. is who your character is and the sort of things they can accomplish because right. these playbooks are very tight even tighter yeah. than like classes in D are oh yeah um they're basically a character yeah, but this is your character entirely. Detail, and you can you can yeah change maybe the the flames on the car, um, the yeah. detailing on the car. But yeah, or like it's, it's still which the same which kind of cool killing people thing you do. But exactly, it's still all, yeah. You know. But yeah, um, it's yeah. And, and so yeah, that's I, I can see that definitely being being an issue with uh and and that is part of an part of the issue with fate in general. Um, right? Uh-huh. Is it, yeah. I think it, it's a it's a little bit more of a problem in bonds because I, I was one of the people who gave you this feedback, right? Too. Yeah. Pretty much everybody gave it to some extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, the problem with bonds even more than fate is that it gives you more things you have to mm-hmm. keep track of. And so with fate, yeah. it's still a little confused. You know, sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to come up with here, but the only things you really have to worry <coughs> about are aspects, right? Yeah. That's pretty right. much it. And There's those are the things you parts, really have yeah. to, yeah, have to just make up, but you have like assets and yep. all these goals and all this stuff. And all this has mm-hmm. to be, wholesale made out of nothing because uh-huh. yeah, exactly. the, the point of the game is to be system agnostic or not system but setting agnostic right but that always comes with a price like for example um yeah. hero system tries to be setting setting agnostic and they wait the way they try to get around that exactly that problem is Have making a thing everything. for everything right yeah. which is his own problem but uh-huh. it, but it at least gets the gets the problem away from you you don't know what to pick or right. you, you don't know what to make up. It, it front like, loads the work. It, it, front, it doesn't yeah. slow the game down. It, it just doesn't. slows down your character creation. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. But in a different way yeah. than, than that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And so basically my intention now has, or my, my work so far, excuse me, has been to address that. So, you know, I've, I've made a lot more of the options have actual mechanical things so that it's clear like what a thing is doing to you or for you. Um, in a way that helps you figure out the narrative, hopefully a little easier, um, the narrative, like application of that thing. And then, uh, especially with drawbacks, drawbacks are one that I got where like, I had these, um, sort of disembodied, um, effects that would happen to your character if some, you know, if you overuse an asset basically. Uh, but it was very difficult for people. It was easy for me cause I wrote them, but it's very mm-hmm. difficult for people to transition, uh, one of those things to an actual narrative statement about the thing yeah. that they had, because it was just too much. There's just too much creative work in making that leap. <clears throat> and so I made those more concise and have a mechanical effect. So you can be, okay, it makes sense that, you know, like, like a cut and dry mechanical effect. You're like, okay, this is the mechanical effect. What can I think of that makes sense to cause this mechanical effect? And that um, from the same person who gave me that feedback helped a lot. Um, and then in a similar way, uh, that's what tags are about. Uh, we're solving the issue of what can my asset do? Uh, so you build an asset and, you know, you're still generally agreeing with the GM about the kind of asset it is. You know, if you have magic, like, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. But and magic, to be fair, is something I need to work on a little bit because, <laughs> um, 
it's so vague already. Like most other things, power stuff, you, it, it's easier to get to. But like magic systems, especially like D&D magic systems where you can technically do anything, you got to, I got kind of like try and figure out, and the tags are a little bit about doing this, but they're a little too restrictive compared to like what magic can usually do. So I got to try and feel that out. But basically uh, you buy tags and what tags are now, they've changed a little bit, but tags are basically just your um, focus stunts from fate, right? One of the things I really liked about building a fate character was in a certain narrative circumstance, you get extra stuff. I, that was really fun, right? For me thinking about the kinds of things my character would get bonuses in narratively, like the kind of narrative circumstances they're, they're good in. And so a tag is basically when you're using this asset to do X, you get a plus one dice, right? Um, it, it's basically a little like forks, right? So if you're, if your asset has two or three things, that all benefit what you're trying to do here, you get two or three dice. Mm -hmm. And if you have multiple assets that all have things and they're all being used, you know, you get four or five dice. So you're looking through and being like, okay, of what I'm narrating myself using, what helps me here? And, you know, again, it's, you're still narratively justifying what you're using. Uh, the tags while giving you dice also narratively justify what you can do. So if you have like the mobile tag on something, it means you're mobile one. So you have like movement, capability of some sort and the narrative requirement is that there's space enough for you to use whatever that is and if there is you get an extra dice for it so it does sort of double duty of giving you your sort of your guideline on what you can do and also giving you extra dice now they don't get very large the bonuses because that would get out of hand if they did because you have quite a few of them usually um and that's what i wanted it to be a more over like having more rather than better because um because they tell you what your asset can do, I wanted to make sure you had plenty of room to describe your asset doing all the things it needs to do, um, which means they couldn't be massive five dice bonuses because if you had four of those, you're rolling 20 dice and why bother, right? We're back to the issue of, basically to the issue of modifiers at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so that was how I sort of helped address um, you know, the boundaries of your asset and also uh, an issue we were having where um, an asset would be like perfect for a thing. And you were only getting one dice because you were getting the dice from the asset itself. And, you know, it might be tangentially related to something. You're still getting one dice. And it was just weird. And we wanted, I wanted your actual tags in there to do something. And then I sort of brought tags out to do more things. Like you could put tags on scenery. So if there's a lot of cover in the scenery, the GM would put a tag on it, kind of like scene aspects, except for you don't spend points on them, but they're, uh, you know, they're just one dice. So there are 50% chance of one success. They're way less impactful than a, a, a plus two in fate is, right? Yeah. And so you can afford to have a couple of things. Um, and it just goes back to kind of like the pulling forks from everywhere you can kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, I think that's definitely one of my favorite parts of the current iteration yep. of Bonds. That's that's what I really hooked, hooked on to when we did our little weird weird one shot. Yeah. Uh, the adventures <laughs> of Ben Hill and Butt Stallion. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I've kind of leaned even more into it since then. Um, yeah. And you also now, um, it used to be that when you took damage, you lost dice from your pool. And I liked that, but it was really punishing, like cr cripplingly punish uh, punishing. Mm -hmm. And so I changed it now where when you take damage, you just get a tag and other people can use it. It's like consequences, but again, mm -hmm. less it, it's just about narratively justifying using them. And they're less of a thing because it's just uh, one, two, or three dice, depending on the severity of the consequence. And your opponent just, if, if your, if your injury helps your opponent, they get a dice. Um, and, uh, 
So I, I've just sort of leaned into that kind of stuff where, um, you know, again, all those things cost fate points in fate. And so they just never come up for our, our games, at least in my, in my experience. And I want them to, cause they should, and they're yeah. fun. Um, and also the more often that those kinds of things come up, the more your, your dice pools are going to be different from each role, because yeah. as long as things are changing and they should be, as long as you're, you know, all engaging the, the game. So then the things that you can narratively justify will also change. And the tags you can narratively justify will change. Even if someone just moves a zone, it'll change yeah. what's going on. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's been my main focus is trying to, you know, make lists of tags, make examples of things, just try and build a system that's a lot more approachable and modular that allows you to build those things. That's been my the majority of my work um, in the past. Whoops, most of it since for a while now. Um, is, is just trying to do that. And, and a lot of that stuff is pretty untested. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I really have to refine that now, which is why I'm in a place where I just have to run a campaign of it because I have all these ideas where I want them. I just got to make sure they're doing what I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some of them won't be, um, you know, I don't want to build too much on, on stuff that needs to be changed if it does. So, um, but yeah, ultimately I'm, I'm pretty happy where it's at right now. Uh, and just need to see where I need to go with it. Yeah. Um, I've also, as sort of as one last little thing, uh, a recent change, I think was even, it may have been even after you guys played, I made a change where assets used to all be the same, right? They were all, you had some burn, it was called. And if you, uh, it, how you got burn changed over the course of d- different iterations, but basically if you filled it up, it would go into burnout. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes a drawback would kick in and something bad would happen. And then you couldn't use it until you repaired it basically. And my problem with that was I started, I was like, okay, I sort of got the, the rules where I want. I'm going to try and build some characters from settings that I like, because that's the whole point, right? Like right. I want to be able to build yeah. a Mistborn. And mm-hmm. immediately I was like, I can't build a Mistborn in this system. They use metals. Yeah. This doesn't work. Like yep. it's too abstract. Yep. You could use metals forever in theory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this doesn't work. So I was like, I need to have different kind of asset types. So I built four and um none of the well one of them has burn but it's not it doesn't work the same way it used to it's it's uh basically ammo it's like having spell slots or bullets or uh a well of power whatever um and then you would have breaths burn that you you use every time yeah it's like (laughs) and then um if but then i had a thing where one of the options for if you rolled really well was you could inflict burn on someone else's asset to to um you know sort of target it and knock um, their I have a clip out of their asset. hand. Right. Yeah. I have a targetable asset now. So anything that has like health, like a person or a vehicle or something, you can actually just shoot at because it's, yeah. I just couldn't not do it that way. Cause I was like, uh, you were fighting those gang of kids. And you're like, can I attack the kids? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you, you should be able to, you're not yeah. even in the same zone as the guy they're attached yeah. to, but no, you can't because they're just an aspect or an asset on his cheat. Yeah. Now you can. <laughs> um, good. And, good uh, to know that I can harm children. So now, David. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All of everyone who's played Skyrim has been avenged. And um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, technically they were just uh, like little thieves. I don't little, know if you describe yeah, yeah, them yeah. as children. I think I did, yeah. but <laughs> anyways, we do not um, condone harming of children. Uh, this was no, a joke. Yeah. I, none of them got hurt either anyways. <laughs> so, um, but uh, now what I did was I removed that instead. What you can do is you can lock somebody's asset for a turn. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, this is, I knock the sword out of the way and it's sort of just in a position yeah. where it, it's not feasible, feasible to use, or, you know, I, I, I knock their armor aside just long enough that I can like stab through it. And so basically it means that for one, you can't lean on the same asset every single turn. Cause you may not have it every single turn. Yeah. Um, and so if you put all your eggs in one basket and that basket falls, you might get killed in a turn. <laughs> um, because I wanted to shake that up. That was the other thing. You know, I didn't want a character to be able to just build one asset that was so overpowered that they just never used anything else. And, and you can do that, but if someone not locks that down, you're just down to nothing, basically. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that will again shake up dice pools uh and improve narration, give you a chance to narrate things like that. Um and allow you to target assets even that can't be destroyed in a way that still allows you to bypass the stuff. Like for instance, if we could have done, well, I guess we kind of could have like in orphans, if we could have, uh, you know, the big boss guy in my game, if you had had um, attacked him with a fire thing, for instance, or whatever, um, or I guess it would have had to be another round. If you had gotten something on him, you could have locked his, um, whatever, you know, his physique thing that made him able to, uh, super regeneration, uh, let's use say. his physique to, yeah, right. And so now what that means is when you're attacking him, you're hitting him in some kind of weak spot or you've lit yeah. him on fire and his regeneration has gone for a second, like that kind of stuff. And I'm hoping that, and that's something that I, I haven't used at all yet. So that definitely needs to be tested, but I'm hoping that that will just shake the game up, allow for interesting narration and, you know, yeah. beat by beat change. And yeah, the it definitely seems that way. I, I like that um, one. Thank you. And I also made sure you can't be uh, stun locked. So basically it, the asset is locked until the end of your, uh, of that person's next turn. So they can't then lock it again because their turn is over. You get it back. Someone else could do it to you, but it, it, you can never be stun locked in a one-on-one -on -one at least. Yeah. Uh, if you're fighting three people and they stun lock you, that's your fault. You shouldn't be fighting three people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So that, that's the idea. So, so basically, um, basically you're saying that pans out. Um, basically you're saying there like that um, you can't lock someone's asset twice in a row. Um, but, yes, but someone the same else character could. cannot because yeah, right. Yeah. Because their your turn has to end before their thing unlocks and you can't relock an asset, right? If it's locked, it's locked and you can't relock it. You can't like refresh it. And so while it's locked, so once your turn ends, it unlocks and your turn's over. So you can't, you can't relock it again. That makes sense. Um, it, that you can't, you can't relock the, your opponent's asset, but you, if another you, person's you turn rolls you around, you take advantage of the, yeah. the moment and then the moment is passed. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and you only get to do that if you, if you succeed with style as it is. So you already have to be like, you know, dunking on them. Um, that, that's a good way so, to do it. Yeah. To succeed yeah. with style, you can lock an asset. That seems like a, a good mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, um, options for a, a boon. So if you succeed with style, you get a boon and there's a handful of things you can do. Sweet. One of the things used to be deal damage now it's you can lock so um yes thank you i, I hope it works as well as i imagine it will because <laughs> like i said just need testing but those are kind of the main changes i've made mostly pardon me mostly in service of trying to make the game more approachable yep. somewhat and just trying to well i guess even that change was to making it more approachable right i was trying to make it where you could functionally make any character because now your assets can be powered by different stuff yeah and i needed to make that work in the system as well um, I think the last one is you can tie it to either your willpower or your fortitude, which are both like your consequence slots. So 
if your regeneration or whatever can be tied to your your health or your super strength or your psychic powers tied to your mind and because they're tied to your consequence slots um you, you basically have them as long as you're conscious uh, although because you don't go unconscious until you can't allocate damage and you lose your asset when all of your things are gone you can actually be on the verge of death and lose your asset, but not be knocked out, which I just imagine as you're too weak to make use of your yeah. physical power or your mind is too exhausted to make use of its mental power. Yeah. Um, and it's, you're not going to be there very long anyways. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's the other one. Um, and then with drawbacks, I had to do a thing because I was trying to make superpowered characters. I'm like, you know, Superman's super strength doesn't have a drawback. I mean, it does kind of, it's kryptonite, but everything yeah. he has has kryptonite. Yeah. So maybe he's a bad example, <laughs> but like, um, there's a lot of powers where it's just like a drawback didn't really make sense and you had to have one. So I was like, okay, instead what we're going to do is you can choose to have a drawback. And if you do, you get an extra tag on that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense on that asset. Um, and so, you know, you're encouraged to, but you don't have to, in case it doesn't make sense. And I I've built a lot of uh, like all of my main characters from my stories and some of them have chosen not to have drawbacks and stuff because it just didn't make sense um and they just have a couple less dice to play with them. yeah because it's like um, you know toff as an earth yeah, sorry that's like, a massive does she have a does she have right. a drawback yeah. to her earth bending no it, she just earth bends like no exactly yeah um yeah that, that would be a good a good thing of um example yeah I guess technically you could say like she can't earth bend if there's no earth, but that's not a very but that's good drawback. The, that's not a drawback for the power <laughs> itself. That's just like a situational exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. It's just a thing. And and even even the drawback there is a limitation. And the limitation says it doesn't work in a situation you expect it to. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect draw or earth bending to work with no earth. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so um yeah, I wanted to be able to facilitate those kinds of yeah. things. I um, suppose you could probably build and, yeah. the power like bending and the drawback is it only works with earth, but that would be a different way to build it than earth bending. And there's different narrative kind yeah, of ways yeah. to approach it, I guess. Right. And it, it would be a little strange to well, in, in system to just have you can bend and then earth be the drawback because um that could that could work for like the avatar because he has a capacity to bend anything. Mm, but in yeah. in the narration, your character does not have the capacity to bend other things, so you wouldn't be able to justify that. Yeah. Obviously, if this if you were making your own avatar series and everyone could, then being yeah. own like, you know, then maybe that would make sense. But it, it's it, it all comes down to being a narrative first system yeah. and yep. justifying everything. Um, but yeah, so uh, sorry again, super long winded answer. No, you're, that's that, that was, my um, that fun. that's the work I've been doing. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, I don't I, know if you have any other, I, I didn't really have any, uh, there's a little bit of a lag here. So we're, we're talking over each other a little bit, but, um, the, Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, no, you're fine. I, I was just explaining for the, for the podcast to you. Um, oh, yeah. The only other thing I really was thinking is, I don't know if we, you pretty much, you talked a lot about how it all works there. And I don't, I don't think there's anything really that else comes to mind. The only thing I was just like thinking no, of, I think top my head, most of the mechanical. Yeah, part. I think you have. Um, I was thinking of like, we, what we need to do is we need to, when we have our sit down, let's talk about what campaigns we're going to be doing next. Um, little thing. We need yeah. to talk about where a bonds play test could fit into that. Um, I, the thing Agreed, I'm thinking yeah. of is maybe like a, like we're, for a while we do a rotating 
series of one shots sort of interconnected things that are pretty loose and could have a different cast every time. Um, something mm-hmm. like you're all agents for this organization and sometimes only a couple of you yeah. are on this mission and you know that sort of thing right. uh, that could a be a fun like legacy was right uh, yeah I mean something like that but, but I, I was thinking sort of, yeah, yeah some some variation of of like you don't have to have everyone there every time because it's a, a self-contained thing yeah. every time sort of a thing but but we could have same characters but a different rotation of those characters depending on who's missing that week or something right um, yeah that could be a fun uh, thing what is it do. a west marches game yeah west marches exactly that was what called? i was thinking of yeah uh west marches bonds right. some something like that where it would be easy to to just kind of do it whenever with whoever um but have a continuity yeah. of characters um so that we could play test the you know mechanics over a long longer term um right and but, then we're not making new characters every time <laughs> exactly yeah yeah uh yeah. so we, we could yeah we no, could, that'd be great i'd love to do that we should talk about that um, sorry when we do that no you're good Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, it, that would also, and I mean, I know this is actually originally our plan for Hellbreakers, but that would allow us to do things like fill in when we have a day that someone's not there. Yeah. Um, you know, cause their characters wouldn't be there. Uh, and yeah, like I said, that was our, that was our original plan for Hellbreakers. And then we just decided, I, I don't know what happened there, but it just became the thing instead. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it's just the issue is like yeah. with when you get down to really climactic stuff at the end of arcs, like you yeah, kind of yeah. want everyone to be there because it would be, it would suck if right. like, well, I guess your faction doesn't have any part in this epic thing that's happening. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, yeah, we, we could do that. We could have it be, you know, and West Marches is, is very suitable for that because there isn't really like it's meant to be self-contained in an episode. So you don't, you know, the climax is meant to happen in the episode. If there is one really at all, you know, it's mostly just exploring yeah. and doing cool stuff. And it doesn't really have like a, I mean, it could have like a culmination, but that's not really the point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'd be up for that. Just, you know, even, even actually this Tuesday, if you guys want to start something like that, that's true. I don't know if we had something else in mind already or not, but I'm, I'd fine for starting that whenever it's, it's ready to be, yeah to be feedbacked yeah so. and, my, and my thought there too right was like um with uh with that sort of thing we we could have three different things happening right you could get your play test in um mm-hmm. we could have something to go to um that's consistent when we're missing a person right yeah. and then also we could have something that would be easy to rotate people in and out of um mm-hmm. so if so if we did want to say say for whatever reason we just want another person we wouldn't have to do this whenever we we can do, do whatever we want but if we right. wanted like hey let's have another like let's hey josh is free this this tuesday let's let's right, have him yeah. jump in um yeah. and then he he can make a new character with you um and and then we can pop him into whatever situation because I, I would imagine it would have to be something like yeah west march's style where like maybe we work for an organization that's sending out, us out on short missions right. or we're yeah we're literally just going off and doing a thing every time and then coming yep. back to home base whatever it is um yeah and you then fourth, one thing oh sorry go ahead. i was yeah, gonna say and, and fourth I wouldn't have to prepare anything for it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That could be on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be totally up for that. You know, I was actually thinking um, one thing I wanted to do because I felt like, um, oh, I think, shoot. Um, what's it called? <laughs> it's been a while since it was doing it. It was the sci-fi thing that um, Adam Coble was doing. Um, with all the noble houses. What, what did he call that? Far Verona. Far Verona. Um, Farverona did a thing where he was like, oh, okay, the second season I think it was, or 
no, the first season where they were all on a ship, right? Like an enterprise style ship. And um, it was big enough that if any of them died, their next character was just going to be another ship member. Yeah. And that now I was, I was thinking that would be really cool, but then I realized our next game is going to be, be sci-fi. road and that might be sci-fi overload. Um, I mean, that's not how I work. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I only do one thing at a time, so it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be sci-fi overload for me, but uh, maybe for the channel and for everybody else. Um, we, so we, we can just do talk to else, Connor but, and Jared and see what they're what they're feeling. Yeah, well, because that was my thought. It would be it might be cool to do you know a big spaceship where every time someone new plays, you're like, yeah, this character's from engineering, and they show up, and you're like, they've been here the whole time, but it's a big ship, you know, like and, yeah. You know, um yeah i, th- I course, think yeah. i think my preference would be not to do sci-fi again kind of, but but mainly that's because of the crossing wires for me thinking mm-hmm. about elysian road and this because what I, i'd either want to say hey let's have this in another sector in the same galaxy like we did that uncharted worlds mm-hmm. uh thing we did but then right. again it's just like i feel like it's just crossing to the wire so where i'm going to be thinking of oh that thing happened in that thing but it's not actually connected and yeah. yeah, just the way my brain works when I'm running a campaign like that, I like them all to be very different. So then I can just be like switch and be like, all right, cool. Now I'm yeah. turning into terror and victim mode. I have a certain right. set of inspirations for that. And they're very distinct from the other. Yeah. Things. And the last thing you want is to be like, oh, yeah, didn't Jared like murder someone last time? Oh, wait, no, that was the other. That show. was the other thing. Right. Like, but he did it with like with a laser pistol. And so I'm confused. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. sci fi Jared space. Too many similarities there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I know I get that. Um. Yeah, so we we could pick something different. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of course. I'm trying to think of even like what niche we have we aren't doing right now in a in a thing like if we because we were doing right. Death and Madness like Epic Fantasy Burning Wheel, yeah. and then I'm doing Terra Invictus a D and D, and then we're going to be doing Elysian Road, which is like space opera. Mm-hmm. So maybe like I don't know superheroes. Or I was going to say we could do superheroes. Um, I also already have a setting for that if you're interested in it, but if not, that's totally fine. Um, we can just ask Connor and Jared, I think, and see what they're up to. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know what other like the, thing the one thing there. that I was thinking of is like yeah. maybe like space fantasy. Um, so something like remember remember that remember that uh, face no the the that Facebook um, RP thing we did way long ago with Trevor Sigmund running it. Oh yeah, the, the like, Rift or whatever the Rift Walkers. Yeah. Where we were all different characters from different fictional universes, that something like that would fit be kind of the fun. System pretty right? well, Ex- exactly. Um, something like that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. That would be. I mean, that, and that was basically a superhero thing anyway. It was just. It was. It was just. It was just styled differently. Yeah. Clothed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that could be fun. I, I think, and I think that is a good test of the system. It also allows people to just literally play a Mistborn if they want. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, which is good because ultimately I expect that's what the game will have done with it because that's what I like to do with stuff. I mean, I like to make my own stuff up too, but I like to, I like to, to reimagine stuff that I like as well mm-hmm. um, that I enjoy. And so I want to make sure that it holds up to those things. So, yeah, I think that would, is a good idea. I think that um, we, we can shoot for something like that. Uh be kind of fun. Yeah, we can we can talk about yeah. what specifically that would look like, whether or not it's like literally you can be a misborn because this is from anything, or if it's just like uh a hack kind of version of that where it's like it's from any universe, but like nothing actual, actually real in our universe. It's just like some sort of multi-dimensional right. yeah. thing in some other universe. Right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. It could also, maybe we could require that it's from one of our universes. Yeah. So, oh, or something. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it has that's to be something fascinating. We, we Actually, that's kind of awesome. And I want to do that now. Yeah. Like a Rift Walkers thing with, yeah, like you can be from the Elysian Road universe. You can be from the Terra Nullius universe. You could be that, that would, okay, let's do that because that would be so fun for having guest stars too. Yes. Right. Yes. We could literally that's be true. like, Hey, Alyssa, you want to join us and play someone from the Terra Nullius universe? Like yeah. in this weird Rift Walker thing. Oh, that would be so fun. That would be cool. I, I think it would have to be non-canon, but yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. This is the what if series. Right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot uh, of fun. I'm down with that. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. I well, get to play someone. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. How are you going to decide? Right. Um, well, I'll, well, uh, I probably play Xanatos, right? I probably play me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. My world hopper character. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I guess I'll see what everyone's ideas for characters are because. I think just based on our games, the majority of stuff will be fantasy characters. Yeah. And I'll, I'll probably want to dress the setting to fit the bulk of the characters. So yeah. if, if, if everyone's playing fantasy characters, I'll make a fantasy setting. And if someone shows up as a sci-fi character, they'll be the strange thing. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, the norm. Yeah. Which um, is kind which of why I, I was thinking space fantasy. Right. So like the, that, that right, same kind of vibe true. we had with the rift walkers where it was like, just kind yeah. of this weird mix of magic and technology in this dimensional rift where like anyone, anything's possible yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I suspect there will be plenty of fantasy characters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Though, you know what we could also technically do? We could also technically do actual, um, what's it called rpg cosmere like the actual hellbreakers in the future mm. where they have like whatever ba- home base they go from i don't know right. well, we can talk about it <laughs> yeah well yeah i have less uh that's that's true um, this would be you having to worry about it so yeah i wouldn't want to throw that on you <laughs> yeah as i say, i mean i wouldn't mind it but i would have to there's probably quite a bit of information. We have to sit along. Yeah. We have to have a long conversation yeah. about all that stuff, which I wouldn't mind, but I would also feel like I'd be, I'd be apprehensive to make sweeping changes. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't, I'd rather have it just be your thing. I think that makes more, more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds fun. And, and I'll ultimately like if this peters out, it's, you know, or when it peters out at some point, we could, I, you could just run that too. <laughs> you know, also true. Uh, yeah. it, it wouldn't hurt at some point once I have the system where I want it for someone else to run it. That's true. Um, yep. So I can see what it's like. You know, so I can get input Playing. on running the game. Um, I mean, once I do any of the work on yep. how to run it, you know, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and then, so maybe you can, maybe you can do the same thing where we'll do that. But you I mean, to be fair, to what what we will probably want to do um, is um, the next thing we do with bonds after we do run this kind of rotating West Marchers thing would be let's do an Astoria game, um, right? And switch the GM's chair around as we zoom right. in, right? That's true. Yeah that, yeah, that is sort of how that works already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And hopefully cool. people will be comfortable enough with the system to do that once right. we get there yeah, because exactly. they played a, yep. a proper intermittent campaign. In it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, that sounds like a fun thing to just have kind of going indefinitely for a little while here. The, yeah, the kind of West Marchers thing, because it's very easy. So one of the, as Connor has mentioned before, it's, it's difficult for him to do a bunch of different one shots. Um, yeah, I think Jared's right. the same way. Like yeah. they, they They're just out of run out. Right? Like you and me, we can just yeah. do whatever. Like any time. Well, to be fair, I basically just make the same character dressed also in a true. different setting. Also, so true. that's my that's my crutch for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. But yeah. But yeah, Connor and Jared always have 
less fun, I think, with those yeah. with one shots. And so if it was like a rotating cast or you, they're always playing the same character when they yeah. zoom into this, it would be a lot easier, I think, to do. Definitely. So, so then people would be like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, we're not David's or not. I guess you couldn't be free. And then we do this. But um, that's true. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that won't happen. It, yeah, there should that shouldn't be a problem too often. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Although hopefully it's not a problem next week, I guess, because that would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I guess we could just do it at a different time in the day, honestly. I'm free all day Tuesday now. So even if I I don't know if everybody else is. I'm not. Yeah. I mean you're I not. that's I right. Okay. Work, yeah. yeah. Um that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. E- either way, it, it would probably be a we'll good a good one shot, like in quotations, one shot sort of situation, uh yeah. a, a fallback thing. Um, yeah, we could have I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a so. uh, a message and well we can wrap up the thing here. I'll, I'll start talking to them about that. Yeah, and, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it um on uh, not Tuesday, not this oh. Tuesday, but whenever we do the actual sit down, let's talk about future campaigns thing too. Oh right, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we can we can we can start talking about it in chat if you want to. Um, that, yeah, so. sounds good. Awesome, cool. Yeah, uh, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, well, uh, thanks you guys for indulging my um, my uh, <laughs> creative monologues there, uh, and for that and, tangent uh, at the end <laughs> where we just talked about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, our own thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Uh, but yeah, th- thank you guys for joining us, uh, and uh, we hope you're inspired to play more video games. Not video games, but playing <laughs> games. I'm gonna stop. Let's do that over again. <laughs> no, I don't think we do it over again. I think I no, think no, that's it. Our, okay, think play more video it. games, guys. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just forget tabletop games. Yeah, we're hoping you're to play more role-playing games and, you know, video games too, if you like it. It's it's too funny uh, to not leave in. I, that's fair. <laughs> See you guys later. See you.